Hey again, everybody, and welcome to Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me, along with Jimmy Stein. That's him. Jimmy, right. how are you today? Doing fine. I just uh, went to homecoming, and uh, we're recording on a Sunday, and now I'm homegoing. Ah, uh, I like end. that you had all day to think about that one, and you came up with a nice one. Yep, it took me about two hours, and that's what I settled on. <laughs> I, I don't want to hear what came in second. I'll tell you that much. Um, <laughs> but Jimmy, so overall, a great, successful homecoming game. Uh, you know, there's going to be there's going to be some hand wringing about the defense for sure. Uh, but that's been sort of the case all year long. But it's funny because as I was watching the game, uh, I'm sitting in there thinking, man, it doesn't feel like we're playing that great. And then you you dawns on you, oh my God, it's already thirty one to nothing, and we just started the second quarter. I mean, that's that's pretty amazing. Yeah, I, I think we played really well. As a matter of fact, I mean, I would be hard pressed to, to to argue. Maybe taking into account that it was Mac Jones, and taking into account all the in game injuries that happened, where I mean, no one was hurt seriously, but Evan Neal had to come out, Landon Dickerson had to come out, Najee Harris had to come out. Uh, Jared Maiden didn't play at all uh, with a groin injury. So uh, when you add up uh, a shock harder, I think also banged up during the game. So when you add up, we were playing with so many twos. I think you could argue that might've been the best game we played all year. I mean, when you factor in the, the, the hand we were dealt with the, with the injury situation. So uh, I, I was, really pleased with the game offensively, defensively, and special teams with, of course, a special nod to Mac Jones. I feel really good for Mac. You know, Mac's been a star athlete his whole life. He comes to Alabama and sits, uh, and he has never, has never been in the picture to be the starting quarterback. There has never been a quarterback competition in which Mac Jones was a part of where he was competing to be the starter. He has been literally a backup for three years. And, uh, and finally gets an, an opportunity, and boy, did he cash in. I mean, he, he, he was really, really good. Not good for the backup quarterback. He just – it was a very well quarterback game by Mac Jones. And uh, now, not, you know, hopefully we'll have to a near 100% for LSU. But, you know, if you got to play Mac against LSU, you feel better about it. Well, I think you you feel better about it also because you got to see LSU play this last weekend, and a Bo Nix who was just not very good at all uh, was able to at least keep Auburn within striking distance, at, if not in the lead most of the game. So, uh, yeah, I, I feel like Mac Jones is is a pretty good option, a viable option, um, at, at this point, and I feel a lot more comfortable about it. However, I mean, obviously things are different with Tua back there, and look, I thought the the running game was a lot better. I predicted Najee Harris would get over 100 yards. He got really close. If he had played just a few more snaps, he easily gets it. Um, You got gypped out of that prediction because of uh, his, his ankle getting tweaked. Yeah, there's no doubt. There's no doubt. Um, I will say – and again, I'm picking nits here. I thought the starters may have played a little longer than they may need to, but maybe that's because we're still trying to gel defensively. And I specifically mean the starters on defense playing longer. Um, I, you know, I worry about somebody like Anthony Jennings, given our recent injury history. Um, 
it, he, he's had a debilitating injury at one time in his career, and um, he he de- he definitely looks like he's lost a step. In fact, he was chasing, uh, I think, a running back out of the backfield on one play that easily picked up a um, an Arkansas first down. But uh, so I, I mean, I feel like. There's part of me that says, hey, Anthony Jennings needs to be out there and get in game shape as much as everybody else. But another part of me says, look, I, we've got a long season uh, ahead of us probably. I mean, we're, we, we've still got, what, at least seven more games to go, we hope. Let's hope. Let's hope there's seven. Yeah, you know, the thing about Anthony, who I thought played pretty well, and he's played pretty well all year. I, I think he's been, a, I would say to this point, a borderline all-conference player. There's certainly other players that are going to have better numbers. So Anthony's not going to be a first-team All-SEC selection, but I would argue he's played at a borderline all-conference level. The thing that you said that's so right, uh, that's just so unfair to the kid who who suffered such a horrific injury. I mean, his injury was bad, bad. I mean, it wasn't a a tightrope procedure. I mean, Anthony freaking out his leg and he just – An unfortunate fact that if I ask any you you any any Alabama fan, quick, what's the best game Anthony played in his career? We all know what it was. I mean, when he was a sophomore yeah. against Clemson in the same game where he got hurt, and I think it's fair uh, to say that he he hasn't matched that dominating performance in any game in his junior and senior year, probably because he's still clawing his way back into the player he was night that he got injured uh, because, uh, frankly, uh, Alabama dominated that football game and, w- and we played in the national championship game largely because of the way Anthony Jennings completely dominated that night against Clemson in, in New Orleans uh, in the Sugar Bowl in uh, 2017. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. Um, I'll tell you, it's funny. I play flag football on Sundays uh, at Mountain Brook High School. And I'm almost positive. I may be wrong, but I'm pretty sure I'm right. I'm almost positive Ty Piran was with a group of guys that uh, that come out to Mountain Brook and practice on Sundays. And he was definitely there like a couple of weeks ago, if I remember right, um, because there were some pictures of him. But uh, I'm almost certain he was out there again today. I couldn't go out there and just fanboy him like I wanted sure, to, yeah. but I'm pretty sure – I'm pretty sure that was him. I just thought that was a cool little tidbit. Um, yeah. And we didn't get to see a ton of him. He did have one kick. And I'll tell you something that I did notice. Uh, on, and I say he had one kick. I, I just two. remember one. Let me there pull up two. the stats. Yeah, really I think quick. he, he put it twice. Um, you know, but you sort of uh, – in this game, forgive me for becoming a little bit distracted. I had about 11 billion people over at my house and – um, and, you know, three-year-olds and four-year-olds and seven-year-olds and, and some 47-year-olds running all over the place. So I, <laughs> I didn't get, I didn't remember that second punt, but his first punt, I do remember it wasn't great. And I felt like maybe my memory is betraying me, but it felt like he was at least moderately close to having it blocked. And that scared yep. me a little bit. Well, we had talked about here, as you, as you only get on Locked on Bama, uh, we had talked about here that, you know, when, when people saw those first two Ty Piran punts last week, you know, the reaction from a lot of people was, well, why the hell wasn't he punting, you know, going back to the opener? You know, because yeah. those punts were so great, it looked like a pretty a pretty good J.K. Scott impersonation. 
But uh, the word that we had gotten uh, in terms of why he hadn't stormed to the front of the punting depth chart was his misses tend to be low-line drives. And we talked about that last week. And what do you know, uh, yesterday I thought both punts were low. They were line drives, and they could have easily been either blocked because they have a low trajectory or worse, uh, returned uh, for a score uh, because those are the easiest punts to return when you uh, bullet the ball past your uh, coverage guys. Uh, the receiver can catch it with forward momentum, and uh, now you're giving up a big play. So we saw yesterday, I think, why Ty uh, wasn't the punter from day one, and we saw what's going to be an ongoing struggle for him. But at the same time, uh, his punts averaged 47 yards because he got good rolls uh, and had some good fortune and got some good bounces. So the average looks great. Like they say in baseball, you know, about a seeing eye single, you know, it looks like a line drive in the box score tomorrow uh, because it's a hit. Um, you know, Ty's punts average 47 yards. So looks good in the box score. Uh, but we can see there's still some uh, some work to do for him. <laughs> he is still an improvement over what, what we were getting out of Skylar DeLong and uh, Will Reichert as a punter before he was injured. But, uh, but yeah, what a, uh, a really interesting being in the stadium. I know you were at home uh, uh, hosting uh, hosting the big shindig, but uh, in the stadium, two of the biggest ovations of the night from the crowd. The first was when Ty Piron went out there to punt that first ball. Uh, the fans start cheering, and I'm like, that this must be the first fan base in the history of the game that's cheering for the punter. Most of the time, you don't want to see your punter out there. But uh, there, the Alabama fans were uh, were giving Top Heron a huge ovation when he came on the field to punt the first time, and another huge ovation late in the game, despite the fact 100% of the audience participated the job Mac Jones did uh, late uh, midway through the third quarter when Talia Tungavaloa came in uh, to, to, to quarterback the rest of the game, Talia. Also got a, a really big ovation from the home crowd, uh, who was excited to see uh, yet another Tungo Valoa taking snaps uh, in games. Yeah, and he also uh, he also had a very nice scramble and then a pass to Brian Robinson um, that was very <laughs> Tungo Valoa esque, which it makes was. a lot of sense, I guess. Um, hey, he looks he looks like him when he plays. I mean, you it's, you can you can see the similarities. A little smaller as we've always talked about. He's a little bit small. He's just, you know, he's a lot like Tua. He's just, and just be honest, he's just a little less. He, he's a little shorter, a little smaller, a little less athletic, doesn't have quite the arm strength, doesn't have quite the arm. He's just like a notch below Tua across the board and all those things. But it's such an unfair comparison because with Tua, you're talking about the best college football quarterback in the sport. It's okay when people say, well, you're not quite as good as the best in the entire United States of America, but uh, you're still pretty good. So, uh, But we saw Talia needs to get bigger and stronger, and I think uh, last night really showed uh, why Mac Jones has been the clear number two going back to the spring and why there's such separation. But uh, I chalk up the separation. It has nothing to do with talent or size or anything like that. The separation is that Mac Jones is a – a uh, 21-year-old redshirt sophomore, and Talia Tungovaloa is a true freshman that is just weeks. His, his senior high school prom was weeks ago. Uh, Mac Jones has been there for three years. So that's the separation. It, it really doesn't, in, in my opinion, have much to do with with uh, the talent that Mac has or the talent that, uh, that Leah has. Now, I'm right there with you, but 
and we'll digest a little bit more of this Arkansas Bama game when I get to and and you I guess get to uh, check out the replay which I plan to do tomorrow or maybe sometime tonight. But one game I did get to see uh, Friday night, and that was Bryce Young and his Matter Day squad taking on uh, St. John's Bosco. And my goodness gracious, Jimmy, that guy is a wonderkind. And I don't use that term lightly because I'm not 100% sure. I've never used it in my life. Uh, I don't know what it means, but but I've never used it in my life. And uh, we need to Google it to make sure you didn't say something uh, dirty. I could have. and. I think it works. I think it's fine. Uh, yeah, I, I think I have some German ancestors somewhere. But anyway, um, he was magnificent. I mean, just yeah. – and, and look, there's nothing worse than guy who compares a certain uh, high school senior to a Heisman Trophy winner or a, an NFL All-Pro or whatever. But if you watch Bryce Young and you don't think Kyler Murray, that's on you that's, because he yeah. – he carries so he the is. ball like him, which can be dangerous, but somehow he makes it seem uber cool. Uh, he throws it with deadly precision. He can he zips it. Now, the one thing I will say, a lot of his passes were batted down, but that's because he is probably about 5'10", you know, right. in, in disco boots. So, hey, <laughs> that, that that's okay. I can live with a few batted passes because every time they needed a first down, he'd just be like, okay – what do we need? 11 yards. All right. I mean, I'll, I'll get us 20. I mean, just to be sure, I don't want to have to measure anything. Um, I mean, he was unbelievable. He was, and that DJ, uh, Uga DJ Ugalele. Yeah. He, I, I know I was, you know, I was going to say ukulele and I just couldn't get it out I've said but, it um, before myself, but now I've got it. I've got it down now. And we're going to need to know, despite the fact Bryce yeah. outplayed him, uh, DJ Ugal. Now I've already seen. Just when I was bragging about how I got it down, I can't get it out the next time. Ugalele, he is going to be a big star in college football. So we all better start uh, learning to pronounce it. Hell, it took us uh, how many months to, did, did it take us to learn how to say to his name? But uh, DJ Ugalule, Ugalele is uh, yeah, he's gonna he's gonna be a thing, as we say. No, oh, there, there's no doubt. But Bryce Young, at least on this night, was better than he was, and if. Uh, I'm going to call him DJU. If DJU is the number one quarterback in the country, then uh, Bryce Young is the number zero quarterback in the country. If if yeah, that's I, better, I, I think a lot. I know that he's still ranked number one, and they they only have these rankings meetings every now and then. And there's not one guy that's in charge that can just all of a sudden flip the rankings on the composite or the 24/7. They literally have meetings where all of their analysts are on a conference call, and, and that's how, how the meetings uh, you know happen and rankings go up and down. But my my point to that is there hasn't been a re-ranking in a few weeks. And I bet you, Luke, the next time the rankings come out, we're going to see Bryce and DJ Ugalele flip. And uh, I think Bryce is going to end this uh, cycle as the number one quarterback in the 2020 class ahead of DJ. So, uh, yeah, you know, don't get me started on Bryce. He's he's fantastic. I mean, he's fantastic. I remember bragging – well before he ever showed up at Alabama about Julio Jones, who I'd seen multiple times in person because he's from 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 near my, my hometown. So I'd seen Julio play a lot in high school and nothing that Julio Jones has surprised me uh, just based on, you know, the kind of prospect, you know, that we saw in high school, uh, even though I don't get to see Bryce Young in person because he's from he's from a, a continent away. I, I feel about Bryce as a quarterback the same way I felt about Julio as a receiver. Like, 
nothing Bryce Young does at Alabama is going to surprise me. That that, that yep. kid is, he is fan, fantastic. And comparison, uh, that's exactly who he's like. Uh, and I mean, Kyler, as we all know, in the in the Major League Baseball draft out of Oklahoma, uh, I, don't, I don't believe Bryce plays baseball, but but if he's a two sport guy, he's a basketball player because he yep. plays the quarterback position like a star point guard in basketball. He's he's the ultimate distributor, and and when his guy's not open, he just says, "Screw it, I'll score myself," and, and tucks the ball, and good luck tackling him because uh, he's he's that level of athlete like Kyler. So I tell you what, Mac Jones looked really good last night. Uh, Talia has a lot of talent. We all know what's showing up in Bryce Young. And I, I think one reason Nick Saban won't be retiring anytime soon, he's just going to be as eager as the rest of us to watch that quarterback battle for next season. Because between Mac and, and Talia, and now here comes Bryce Young, uh, who knows what's going to happen. But the good news is uh, – Really, quarterback looks to be in pretty good hands, uh, no, ma- no matter uh, what, what the choice ends up being. And no, I'm right there with you. It's it's uh, it's going to be hard to go wrong, but I I would put money on uh, Bryce Young coming in and and taking that spot. Speaking of things, I would spend money on. I mean, if you need them, how about Roman? The folks at Roman, a men's health company, are changing the game with Roman swipes. The secret to longer-lasting sex. Get $10 off your first order of swipes and free two-day shipping at GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNFL. All right, so, Jimmy. Swipe right. Um, swipe, it sounds like you could swipe right or swipe left with this one. Just just, just, swipe, just keep swiping, baby. Um, so then go to the phone and swipe right. You know, and again, we can – it's one thing to just uh, dissect an Alabama-Arkansas game. I thought it was kind of funny. There was There's an Arkansas freshman, uh, I believe, who tweeted out after the game, you can, you can take this to the bank. That'll be the last time we lose to Alabama while I'm here. And I was sitting – I mean, <laughs> I didn't see this. This is news to me. Yeah. That's why I laughed out loud. He said I know, that. I, yeah, and everybody was like, are you – I mean and, – and they were like, what, are you leaving the conference? I mean, <laughs> What he? This makes no sense. What you're saying because y'all have lost like a, a, a record number of SEC games in a row. Did, and you're kid, gonna... did he? Did he tweet that and immediately portal to Ohio State? <laughs> I've got to. Uh, yeah, I mean, he should have been forced to. Like the NCAA calls him up and like he's getting on the bus to go back to Fayetteville, and they're like, "We're sorry, man. You, you're you're on your way to Columbus, Ohio." And he was like, "What are you talking about? Yeah, like you can no longer be at Arkansas after talking such horrible trash." That made no sense. It's very reminiscent of the the uh, offensive lineman who who talked shit after uh, Vandy beat the Vandy. What, Kansas yep. State or whoever the hell they beat. They did beat and Kansas State. Yep. He said, "Bama, right. you're next." And then we win fifty nine to nothing. <laughs> they made us mad. That's the last thing you need to do. See, if you're Arkansas, we don't show up mad. Why would we show yeah. up mad? Why would the team show up mad? Now they'll show up next year mad. Because I'll tell you, I didn't even know the kid said that, but I, I'll tell you who does know it is Scott Cochran, and he's in there. He's, he did two things. He created a folder that says Arkansas 2020, and then he made, uh, you know, 135 Xerox copies of the quote, and then he's tucking them in the Arkansas 2020 file. And uh, next year when this game rolls around, and it'll be a game on the road, 
uh, he'll 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 bring it out and remind all our players that uh that that one of their guys made a guarantee. So, all right, good. All right, good. I, I'm going. While we're sitting here talking, I'm going to try and uh, try and find it for you. I I would be a little bit nuts not to talk about the the game from uh, Terrell Lewis again and oh, Trayvon Diggs again. I mean, these two guys are making so much money for themselves for next year that it's yep. ridiculous. But, uh, I mean, if, if – Two long-distance touchdowns for Trayvon Diggs two weeks in a row. I mean, how many cornerbacks get to do that? How many cornerbacks in their career get to score from 85 out plus twice in their career? He's done it back-to-back weeks. So – what a good player, a uh, good kid, really turned into a leader. And uh, Diggs having a really good senior year, and and uh, he is he has definitely played his way into first round consideration. And that's what uh, Terrell Lewis is doing. I think uh, Terrell uh, about 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 tweeted this earlier and got got hung up on something. But Terrell, every week now, every week Terrell looks better and better and better to the point that by the end of the year, I hope he looks like Chase Young at Ohio State who's probably the best player in college football. Uh, oh, I got but, sick. But, but, yeah, but Terrell, Terrell is – and it's not just the sacks. Terrell has become an every-down presence to where even if Terrell doesn't get the sack, if Terrell doesn't get the quarterback to the ground, Terrell has disrupted the play. I mean, he disrupts the timing of the offense on just about every pass rush opportunity. He is defeating however many guys the other uh, team tries to block him with, and Terrell – is a factor uh, also makes plays in the run game. He, he's not completely one dimensional. Uh, I, I see Terrell being an every down player at the next level, but he, he's, he, he's I, in September. We are going right here on the podcast. Luke, we're, in September, we're like, man, Terrell, you know, we we're hoping for a little bit more out of Terrell. Well, this, we got it now because every week, every week he's playing great. I hope he didn't turn it on too late to miss the third season because right now, other than other than Chase Young, and I'll grant Chase Young this: yes, Chase Young's the best in football. But uh, I'm not so sure Terrell isn't on a pretty short list of uh, best pass rushers in college football today. Uh, but yeah, Chase Chase Young's going to be at the, at the Heisman ceremony if he keeps this up. I mean, literally a oh, pass yeah. rusher at the Heisman ceremony that might happen. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Um, yeah, I, yeah, and the thing about Terrell Lewis. Don't you think, like, if Michelangelo had seen him, he would have, he would have been like, okay, that's what I should have sculpted, and I probably would have needed a little bit more marble in a couple of areas, but, uh, but uh, yeah, that's what I should have sculpted right there. That would have been the thing because he really is. He's a he's a specimen. He's man. a Greek guy. Okay, so I found him. If I, so if I meet him in person, a, if I meet him in person, that's the line, I guess. You know, you know, are you from Greece? <laughs> I mean. It, all right, I, I, his name is Terry Lambert, and I'm trying to look him up now as we're – this is riveting podcasting, but uh, I'm trying to look <laughs> it up right now as we are as we are talking because um, it, it, it says he's uh, University of Arkansas uh, football class of 23. And um, so uh, – but I see um, nothing – I see nothing about him anywhere. I don't see him on – Yeah, my, I, I don't, I'm not uh, familiar with the name. I can't. I mean, I know there are a handful of star players, if you want to call them that, but I mean, yeah. I, that name's that name's new to me. He's certainly no one that should be 
Heck, I mean, even you know, even if uh, you know the the running backs a great player, Boyd and and the tight end of Grady is one of the best in the country. Even if they'd have said it, I'd have been like, "Whoa, buddy!" But to have a a guy that's <laughs> he's not, not even on the team apparently. <laughs> I don't, like he's not on. on the. But but this <laughs> is the tweet. He's, third team he holder. Says, he says, I mean, his his thing, his uh, bio is Christian. Every as if as everybody's is on Twitter, Christian in God's faith. By his son's stripes, I'm healed. 680 pound squat, 4.45 laser time, and a 3.88 pro agility shuffle. University of Arkansas football 23. So maybe he's in the, this upcoming class or something. But anyway, he ah, said, so he's a prospect. Maybe, maybe, but he says this is the very last year Alabama will beat Arkansas. Mark my words. And Jason Jones replied, "Okay, marked." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that guy's but not I mean, much of a prognosticator. He he, he probably belongs on our uh, Friday show with his pro- with his prognostication skills. <laughs> he, he he belongs he, he belongs aside us on Fridays. <laughs> yeah, there's no doubt about it. Uh, so anyway, I just thought that was rather comical. I think though we can't really talk. Uh, we we can't really overlook the fact uh, that Jalen Hurts in Oklahoma lost to Kansas State this past weekend, and I felt badly for Jason. I mean, for Jalen, I did. I, I, I if Tua doesn't win the Heisman, I wanted him to. Um, but. You know what? I did enjoy Oklahoma's losing. I thought it was kind of yeah, cool. Same way. <laughs> same way. I, 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 I mean, I know it's possible now to root for Jalen Hurts and 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 root for the other team at the same time because I somehow pulled it off. But uh, it, it helped. It helped Alabama. It helped the SEC. Oh yeah. In terms of the loser of Alabama LSU is no longer eliminated. Uh, the loser of Alabama LSU can stay in the mix, and Jalen played pretty well. That 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 was anybody that didn't see the game that that was not Jalen Hurts' fault in any way. As a matter of fact, the comeback in the fourth quarter on Jalen Hurts was really impressive. But this is just a fact. I don't care if you're in the Big Twelve, the MAC, the SEC, the NFL, or if you're in Region Three in four A football, the state of Alabama High School Association. Eight points, you're going to lose. You can't yep. give up forty eight points and expect to win. And, uh, and, and their loss had nothing to do with Jalen. I don't even think his Heisman uh, chances should be hurt by that. I mean, he, he played fine. And, in fact, if they all 22 had played like Jalen, they would have won the game. But uh, apparently Oklahoma's defense isn't too much improved. They thought they were improved. In some games, they did play better. But, boy, Kansas State, who is not explosive offensively, they couldn't help themselves but score for the first two and a half quarters of the game. Uh, oh yeah, pretty, and, and pretty let's sad not forget, performance by Oklahoma defense, really. And let's not forget this Kansas State team also lost, or actually barely beat a Mississippi State squad yep. that can't can't yep. even find its way back to Starkville at this point. Um, Mississippi State's they're terrible. They're they're having a full fledged disaster. They could lose to Arkansas next week. That's how bad. That's how that's the disaster they got going on over there. God, what what a and what a train wreck next week's total college football schedule is too i mean yeah, how just did that work out an abomination I mean, game, day, game day smu memphis which is yeah. a it's ridiculous and awesome at the same time i mean i i, I think the 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 atmosphere is going to be great it legitimately is a fairly big game because smu is undefeated and i think they're likely to lose at memphis uh 
and it's unique because we haven't had SMU in Memphis on game day. But we're in November. We're about to be in November. That game will be in November. And we're in the playoff race here. And it's it, and we, we, we need a big game with huge playoff implications. And this is a fact. It would be Georgia-Florida, which does have pretty decent playoff implications and certainly decides the SEC East. But they can't put Florida on every week. Florida was on for Miami. They were on for Auburn. And they were on in, in, when, when they played oh, at Baton Rouge. So they can't put Florida on four times. And that's why it's not Georgia-Florida, which is the game it should be. So I get it that Memphis SMU was probably the second best option from there. Uh, yeah, but man, I, I bet you these are going to be pretty horrific ratings for that game because I mean, my goodness, that is just not that Fowler game has Herb the, Street. Fowler Herb Street are doing the game Saturday night. It's the prime time ABC. Yeah, game. I know. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's going to be terrific ratings for that game. Yeah. I think game day will get the same fine ratings it probably always does because you know people are going to watch game day no matter what. But yeah. if I have the choice of of going out. Uh, and you know, going to a decent dinner anywhere and seeing anybody I know or watching SMU versus uh, Memphis. I, I mean, I'm not doing that. I mean, it, you know, that should, I, if I'm at home and it's on and I can't get up and I am too lazy to get the remote, yes, I'll watch it because I have to. Um, so yeah, but the, the Florida Georgia game is really the only game of consequence next week, just about period. Yep. Now, the, the next week's a little bit different story. Oh, but, yes. You know, you know, a couple of good Pac-12 games. Now that Oregon and Utah are officially both back in the top ten, Oregon yeah. and Utah back in the top ten, they both play tough road games. And now they're playing for quite a bit again. Oregon is at USC. Uh, they'll have to beat Southern Cal in the Coliseum. Utah is at Washington, So, yeah. uh, who's probably the most talented group in the Pac-12. So uh, tough games for top ten teams on the road. That's sort of interesting. Florida, Georgia, interesting. And, again, SMU Memphis has some – yeah, I'll be some good football. There's going to be a lot of points. That SMU wide receiver, uh, Porch, I think his name yeah, is. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, oh, he's man, good. what a player. He's a dude. Um, all right, Jimmy, so that will probably wrap us up for today when we do the podcast for Tuesday. Um, we'll talk a little bit more about this game. We will have each had a chance to uh, review it. How was your first night in the new condo? Surreal. It was rainy. <laughs> it, it rained for two days. Uh, and kudos, it, not enough attention to the field crew at Alabama, the people that get the field and play in shape. They're, they're miracle workers. I didn't notice anyone slip. I didn't notice any mud. It didn't look like they played on a wet field. It had poured for like 40 hours. And the field looked great. So, uh Wow, uh, the, the folks in charge of that are wizards. All right, and and before we do go, um, we only have a few minutes left here. But man, I, I, the initial reports I'm seeing about Alabama's whipping of Georgia Tech in basketball today in a, in a quote unquote private scrimmage, um, man, I am really really fired up about this team. It opens next Tuesday. Uh, November 5th against Penn. That'll be a lot of fun. I really hope we have a great crowd. Of course, Javon Quinterly's, um, uh, his waiver was denied. They are appealing that. You probably already know that if you're listening to this podcast. And uh, Nate Oates came out today and said, look, we we feel like we're going to win that appeal. I mean, I'm just telling you. Now, he's, he's how an optimistic sort. 
Yeah, how soon we'll win it? I mean, who the hell knows? You don't know. I mean, the NCAA moves at such a snail pace. Um, but I, I'm really encouraged by what, all the reports I'm getting out of the uh, the basketball team right now. No doubt. Jordan Shackelford at uh, 20 today off the bench. and he, I, th- I think he's going to be a – He's going to be a good player uh, right from the jump. He's going to be good knocking down shots. All right, my man. We'll have a safe ride back to uh, back to Mobile, and we will talk uh, on the next podcast. Roll Tide. Roll Tide, everybody.